0: Welcome to episode four of the Sports Ex- Sports Exchange Podcast. I am your host, Reggie Bobin. Joining me is my co-host, Brant Weber. Brant, how you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing wonderful out here. You know, I'm sitting out here in the nice uh, warm weather here in Tampa, enjoying life, so I can't complain. Uh, you shouldn't either. Uh, okay, so what I want to do
0: as far as the show, episode four, is I want to lightly touch and get some final, you know, analysis on the upcoming NFL draft. We are three days in counting. Uh, just some final thoughts, and uh, spend a majority of the podcast just talking about baseball, basketball, and basically the uh, state of the state of the, the uh, sports world regarding those sports.
1: All right, sounds good. Okay. I'm ready to go. All
0: right, so now yesterday, there is a rumor that came out now that the San Francisco Forty – now have locked in on, um, was it uh, Trey Lance? So it's going to be. It's it's, it's not going to be Justin Fields. We know that. So it's either going to be Mac Jones or Trey Lance.
1: Are you sure it's not going to be Justin Fields? You know that for sure.
0: Well, the rumor came. Look, we don't know. I, I guess saying I know, I should probably, I should kind of like.
1: Perfect. I'm just of. saying. I think there's. I think there's going to be a lot of smoke screen going out there. Uh, especially again, now we're three days away from the draft. Right. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of smoke screen now. The Falcons are saying there's a the possibility of trading Julio Jones uh, and maybe right. passing Jamar Chase in the fourth pick. Uh, Justin Herbert telling the Chargers that he wants Penay Sewell to be with the Chargers. Chargers maybe trading up to try to get him. So all of a sudden, now we're seeing teams starting to throw all these rumors out. And to be honest, I would—I couldn't even tell you what's right and what's wrong.
0: No, okay. Well, all I—that's all I've heard this morning—is that the Forty ers have now locked in on Trey Lance. So we really don't know what direction that they're going. Which is the my original point, which I wanted to make, is how does a team? And I—I I don't know if we've covered this before, or at least gone in depth to talk about it. How does a team trade three future first-round picks to get to the you know the third? The third spot, and not really know who they, who they want, who they're targeting, because if it's one thing if they look if they basically give every indication that Mac Jones is the guy, regardless of how we feel about it, that's fine. At least you know that he's going to be there. He will definitely be there with Lawrence and Wilson coming off the board. But now it's like you you do this you do this enormous trade, you give up three for, uh, three future first rounders. And now you still, three days before the draft, you have no idea who you want to take?
1: Yeah, I think they they really do know who they're going to take. And I completely agree with you, right? You don't do a trade of that magnitude, you know, giving up that much draft capital and not know who you're going to draft. And that's why all along I still think it's going to be Justin Fields. uh, It's going to be drafted by the 49ers. That's just my opinion. But you know,
0: you never know. I think it'll be Mac Jones. I've come to terms with that. I don't agree with it, but I think that's who <laughs> who Shanahan. No offense, you know. I mean, no, right, no right. offense, but but I think I think <laughs> that's the guy Shanahan wants from everything I've been hearing. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm not a um uh, we're not we're not scouts or you know uh, professional analysts, but you know, I mean, pretty much every every indication from all these sources have pegged more or less Mac Jones as the guy. Now, you like Justin Fields. Okay. I mean.
1: I, I wouldn't mind Mac Jones going there, but uh, when they did the trade, Mac Jones was not even talked about uh, as an option uh, as far as I can remember. I, there's always Justin Fields. And, and then, you know, you're throwing all these smoke screens around. I just feel like teams is really just throw rumors out left and right. Um, just to throw other teams off, you know, who knows. But uh, I, I got to tell you, this is going to be a very, very entertaining person to the draft, there's I, no question.
0: I was just about to say that. I think this is probably going to be the funnest NFL draft ever. I, I still think there's at least one more big trade that's going to happen. I think it's going to happen draft night. But just the sense of not knowing who's going to go, well, outside of the first two, who's going to go where, how 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 some players might even fall, and not even like the quarterbacks, but even certain wide receivers might fall if they don't get picked in a certain you know position. I think it's going to be the most entertaining. The, normally, the NFL draft is the most entertaining draft anyway, but it's going to be the most entertaining NFL draft we've seen probably ever. I
1: I clearly I I agree with you, and uh, and I'll, I'll top that one draft. I mean, that one trade. I think it's going to be three, four, maybe even up to five trades happening. With teams going down, with teams going up, and also, also maybe teams on the second round, maybe jumping into the end of the first round. Okay, do you think, I think it could be a lot of activity.
0: Do you think Atlanta makes that trade?
1: Um, I think Atlanta. See, that's a that's a that's a tricky one. I can't really peg. I think uh, Detroit and Carolina may trade down. Denver may trade up. Philadelphia now wants to move back up, so I think it's going to be several trades. But Atlanta is the one I cannot figure out at this moment. I, I think they
0: stay. I don't. I think they stay. They take Pitts.
1: They take Kyle Pitts. Yep. Yeah, I I, I, I wouldn't agree if they got a quarterback there. Well, if you're going to let them sit there for two years, not for the fourth overall pick. If they, if they wanted the quarterback, I would just trade down.
0: Exactly exactly. how about this? I want sure. to get your opinion on this real quick before you uh, move on to baseball uh Devante Smith okay. uh measurements came out six one or six feet six feet six one, but the glaring one hundred and sixty six pounds. Um, you see any issue with that?
1: um I don't have an issue with it uh there Are there a couple of receivers out there that's similar in weight. They compared them to a uh, Marvin Harrison at one point. And uh, how big is Tyreek Hill?
0: Uh, Hill is well. Obviously, he's not tall, so he's probably like five nine. He's uh, he, he was, Hill is a bit stocky, and, and especially I, the I lower think a little stocky. so he's probably like, one eighty five, one ninety almost.
1: Yeah, that's probably correct. I would not have too much of a concern, and I can see an NFL team. I'm sure can put up put ten pounds of muscle on him before the start of the season. So I would see him being around 175 maybe when the season starts.
0: I don't see it potentially as any kind of problems. I think it's kind of just, you know, it's nitpicking. I mean, that is is pretty small, but I don't think – he's never shown any kind of history – Of being injured well he i think didn't he have surgery in college but not not like any nagging injuries as far as due to his weight um i don't think it'll be an issue i think specifically the the way teams will use him i think at best i don't think he's going to be a star i think at best he'll be a good number two maybe even a number three guy who's an effective number three guy so i don't think they're gonna he's gonna get he's gonna be one of those guys that's gonna have like hundred plus targets. He's going to be, they're going to use him in certain situations, kind of the way Alabama used him, you know, as far as moving around, as far as being kind of like, a, I don't want to say trick play, but you know, they just kind of keep him moving. He's not going to line up traditionally like a wide receiver would, where he's going to just be asked to just be the, you know, the, the true number one. I think it, at best, think, he'll be like I, a number two or three.
1: I think it'll be a perfect slot receiver. And, uh, but his valve running, what makes him special. And he had very, very good hands. So he's very good at catching the football, uh, very few drops. Um, he had. He did not have really any injuries in college. Uh, so uh, he managed to get through his career. He went all four years at Alabama, actually. So uh, he got a good good experience there. And so whatever team gets him, which I think will be between 10 and 15, um, it's going to be good value for him.
0: Uh, okay, we'll see. So final thoughts on our – respective teams. Um, the Jets are going Wilson. I don't know how to feel. I'm trying to be optimistic about it as far as just okay, you know, he's got arm ta- arm talent. Um, he's got a kind of a gunslinger mentality which is not a bad thing. Obviously, uh, guys want to, you know, guys like Mahomes and we seen uh, Justin Herbert have that kind of mentality coming into into the into the league their respective years. So, the arm talent's there. I don't like the size. I think he's a little small. I don't know if he can naturally put on more weight, but that might not be an issue. That might be just me nitpicking a little bit. I think I'll just support it just because, you know what, we don't have anything else. You know, we might as well just, he might be the one. He might finally be the one since, you know, Joe Namath, you know, back in the day to to kind of lead us to the promised land again, or at least be some somebody who can, you know, on an annual basis, take us to the playoffs and just, you know, just kind of, up, uplift that up, uplift that franchise and give us a face, you know, for the next 15 years. So they're going that. I've learned to accept it. Um, I have my doubts on him, but, you know, we'll see.
1: Well, we'll see on that one, too. And to give you a little hope, Brad, right? yeah, I've been listening. I had not seen Zach Wilson that much at all. I didn't see the pro day. Uh, but I'm telling you, I've mean, I, the good thing we're not the experts, you know, deciding how good these players are potentially going to be. So I've been hearing the last couple of weeks from experts or a former players. that have seen him in person, and they are just raving about this kid. So maybe he is the next big thing in New York, and uh, we'll find out. So, uh, But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Jets need a quarterback, so there you go.
0: And what's your final analysis on the direction that you think the uh, Cincinnati Bengals will go?
1: I am more – Confused than ever before. I have no earthly idea what direction the Bengals are going be going at this point. Uh, their mock drafts are coming left and right uh, between Sewell, Chase, and Kyle Pitts. And the funny thing was I was actually looking at a Bengal Twitter page uh, this morning, and they had a the percentage of all the mock drafts of who selected uh, – Uh, what the players are going to the Bengals, number five, I think it was was 33%, 31%, and 29% among the three players. That's how close it is. And to me, the Bengals are doing a great job of not giving us really an idea of who they're selecting. Now, I've heard Jamar chase more than the others, but who knows? And and one uh, expert said that they cannot go wrong with any of those three picks. So I'll be happy with any of those three.
0: Yeah, that is true. They'll get a good player regardless.
1: It'll yeah. Be,
0: it'll, be, it'll be more than likely a different position, you know, whether it be a, a lineman or a wide receiver or a tight end, but they'll get somebody. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're in a good spot. Them and the Dolphins are in a, a good great spot. spot. Yeah, the Dolphins yeah. as well. So, all right. So that's our final thoughts on the upcoming NFL draft. It should be an exciting one. I can't wait. Three days from right, well, three days from today. And uh, is that again?
1: Yep, exactly right. I'm just agreeing with you. Okay, all right.
0: So let's talk about some baseball, man. I don't know if you had a chance to get uh, to watch the a little bit of that Dodger-Padre matchup this past weekend. That's the best match. That's the best rivalry in sports right now. I think.
1: Um as of right now until the Yankees can get it together and have the Red Sox Yankees. That you know, the Red Sox good for the Yankees that the Red Sox are actually playing well, but um so at the moment you're correct. Um I have not had a chance to see uh much of the series. I heard about the Bauer uh home run oh my thing, God. which is great. Yeah. Uh and Bauer actually applauded it, so that's a good thing. Yeah, I like, um, I like how Bauer
0: did that. He came out on a record and said, basically, you know, like if the guy hits a home run, he has the right to do a bat, bat flip. And I was kind of like, right, so oh, my God. Tom, he,
1: he, he exactly right. He was not being hypocritical uh, when he's done stuff on the mound. So, uh, cheer, uh, you know, good for him. Uh, great rivalry. And uh, uh, the Dodgers, I think, in the long run, will definitely be the team to beat. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, it was a, another no hitter too. But the question is, uh, was it a real no hitter? You know, Madison Bumgarner pitch a no hitter. I believe it was a second game with doubleheader, but it was a seven, seven inning eight. game. Yeah. So the question that. is, is it a real no, no or not?
0: Yeah. I heard that. I saw that too. Um, I, well, I mean, if it's in the record books, I'd, I'd count it as a no hitter, but I don't think, uh, you know, baseball would do that. Um, what I wanted to talk about was the state of the game as far as its popularity with the fans, with with people. Um, I don't know for a fact. I think I heard is our baseball ratings down from the last few years.
1: Uh, well, here's the thing: uh, definitely, the attendance has been down. Yes, but the TV ra- the TV ratings were actually up last year because only because people cannot go to the stadiums. So that's a Anomaly in that uh if you look at that graph and well, that um so I, I guess, but it has to going down on a regular basis. I guess
0: what I, what my my point was as far as just its, its popularity overall. Um it's definitely the fourth or the fifth sport in this day and age behind both football, both uh NFL and college football. It's behind the NBA, although the NBA's ratings are low. I mean they have they've, they've they're down a lot more than they were in the past few years. Um I would venture to say, what else? Uh, what else is more popular? I guess baseball is fourth. Then baseball would be fourth, and it's kind of like I remember growing up having. I, I I think actually I remember when you were growing up. Didn't baseball have a Monday night slot? Where they had the game of the week on Monday night?
1: Well, sure. I mean, even on Saturday night they had the and, they yeah. had the ABC Saturday night baseball. They had you know and so forth. But the the one thing I noticed though when we were kids. You got to remember that uh, basketball, the NBA, and the NFL did not have all these rule changes to make the game more exciting on their end. So let's think about the younger generation coming up today, and they're watching the NFL today with all the the rule changes making it more exciting, especially in college with overtime rules, and you know the the game with a passing game, uh, more scoring, and the NBA too has gotten a lot more exciting. You know the three points. Shooting and so forth, you know they just love scoring, scoring. But baseball has just trudged along in the same line, and I think that's where they've lost more of their popularity in that
0: sense. Pretty much, yeah, I remember the NBA at one point, like long time ago, was on tape delay. The NBA Finals was on tape delay in the uh, in in I believe like the seventies, the late seventies. Um, baseball at that time was probably second to the NFL and. I don't know. It's just like I've always had an issue with baseball with the way they market their players, the way they market their teams. Um, it seems like if you're not one of the power teams from like the big cities, the New Yorks, the Chicago's, the California's, the, you know, uh, like take, taking and take account uh, your your team, um, the Cincinnati Reds, unless you're from Cincinnati, nobody really cares. You right know, pittsburgh Pirate fans unless you live around the pittsburgh area nobody really cares it's a regional game um i don't i don't know i don't and, and the thing is it's kind of it's it's strange i don't know if there's anything baseball can do to promote its teams but i think they can do a better job of promoting their players i mean how is it that my child is the best player and has been the best player for the last 10 years and yet nobody really knows who he is i mean they've probably heard of him heard of him by name but they wouldn't know what he looks like you know i i don't think they do this guy this kid fernando tatis i think he, they should do everything that they can to market him he is an exciting player him and jacob degron by far are my two favorite players to watch um you know it's just like it's just he's just so entertaining he's a showman
1: and whatever happened to bryce harper you know it's uh good question he just has had me in the last couple of years good question um uh, you know, I mean, because he was the guy along with Trout uh, just, what, three or four years ago. And I guess ever since the trade, it seems like he just fallen him off the face of the earth. So I don't know what's happened to him. But there's a lot of young players coming up, um, you know, and, and, and I agree with you. Like We don't hear about him anymore. Um, I've noticed myself uh, when there's other sports. I will watch the other sports ahead of baseball if it's not my team involved in the game. Uh, I just think the game is too long. Uh, I played baseball younger and too long in the sense that uh the season is too long. Uh they need to shorten the season. Um I thought last year during the COVID year was a good sample of what could be. Maybe not 60 games, that's a little bit short, but maybe a 100 game season and you know like a sprint to the finish. Uh with playoff expansion to get more teams involved and more fans interested. And their team still being in the playoff chase.
0: When you say that, I, actually, I like your idea about shortening the season. Um, I think that it makes the games a lot more relevant as far as just, you know, like teams cannot go on a four or five game losing streak or they'll be done. You know, uh, right. I want to ask you, how about shortening the game? Itself. within the game. You know, did I, I? Did I don't know if I ever told you. I I used to. I did security for Yankee Stadium. This was back in 2014. I did it for about three months. So I would basically just kind of stand in whatever suites that they were in, you know, and just yeah. You know, primarily, I was paid to just watch the game because <laughs> there was yeah. nothing else to really do. And I and I think I, we might have talked about this before, but how you know I'm not as Big of a baseball fan. I still do love it, but I just don't watch it unless it's the playoffs or a big matchup, you know, like, you know, we just mentioned with the Padres and the Dodgers. I'm not a guy that's going to be 162 games, like, year in and year out because the games are just too long. It's like three hours and 20 minutes. Look, they, they, they need to find a way to speed this thing up, whether it's batters stepping out all the time, pitchers going through their routine, maybe having a clock or something just to kind of speed the game up. Cause they could shave about maybe 45 minutes,
1: maybe, well, the first maybe 40 thing minutes. Did the first thing they did right was, you know, intentional walks. Now it's only one pitch. That's the one thing. That's an example there. Um, uh, you know, it's funny how they did the double headers last year as well, made a seven inning game. And so, and that's what they've done now this year.
0: I like that. How day, you know? I like that, though.
1: So the, the question now is, now wait a minute. Now the seven inning game, I kind of like that. But can you do that for just your average uh, daily single game? Boy, that really throws the whole wrench in the uh, the way baseball is played. And that's really changing the world. That's like taking a quarter out of, you know, a college basketball game, game. or – uh, you know, it's just, you really can't do that. They're taking a period out of an NBA game, so no.
0: Well, Brett, well, Brent. They, they gotta
1: out. I just don't know what they can do, Ed. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, no, no, no. I wasn't. I mean, look, the seven inning games, like, I mean, it's 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 it's, it's a good idea, but I wasn't necessarily saying
1: that. I mean, no, no for, I know what you're saying. You're, the, you're talking about. How was it? What little thing they can do to shorten exactly. the game within? The game. Yeah, I don't want exactly. to. I don't want the,
0: the purists to go crazy. Like nine innings? How dare you? Nine baseball has always been nine innings, and in this that and the other. People have a a bit of an issue with that. But there's things that they can do, just like this. If you watch it, I don't know if you've watched. Um, I I caught myself watching the nineteen. 19- 50 something World Series. I know it's a different time, but dude, that game was quick, quick, quick. Batters just get in the box. They don't, you know, they don't do any of that stepping out, you know, fixing their gloves, moving their helmets, any of that stuff. All that little, all of those things count for something. If they can just cut those down, and I, I guess, yes, you know, batters want to go through a routine. They want to go through right. a particular, you know, they're very superstitious about this, that, and the other. Um, but it's just, it's got to be some way. A baseball game cannot be longer than a football game.
1: Um, so I agree with you on that, um, but you know football games are much more. Yeah, but so, but you just remember though, in baseball games, you have all those uh, in between inning timeouts. You know, you go to the TV, you go on in the field, they warming up on the field, all that stuff. So, uh, the, I think that's football, a lot. That's taking a lot of time right there. You think about it. So, how much time are you taking when you are going to the dugout? And then the other team goes on the field and you got to warm up every single half inning mm. and, you know, throwing your warm up pitches. I mean, through the one through nine innings, how, how much time do you think that is?
0: Uh, I don't know. 15 minutes, 10 minutes.
1: More than that. I mean, I would say that, but I don't know what they can do. Um, but I agree with you. They can somehow keep the game three hours or less. You know, that's, that would be a big accomplishment. But um, I know they – I think they recently did it last year as well. I don't know if they kept the wool this year where a relief pitcher has to face a minimum of three batters. So the coach is not coming out after every single – like bringing a relief pitcher for one batter and then bringing another relief pitcher to face the next batter. I think they stopped doing that.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I think a perfect time. As far as a baseball game should be, two hours and fifty-five minutes. No longer, no less.
1: I always said that. that, that I always said that when a game is less than three hours, it's a good pitching duel. Yeah, because the pitching duel always goes quicker.
0: Yeah, and and God willing, I love a good pitching duel.
1: Yeah, I know, but a lot of people want scoring, and and you know, when when someone has when they go out and have a six-run inning that whole half inning takes 30, 40 minutes. So that's the other thing too. The ball is more lively, you got more offense, more runs. So it's making the games longer in that sense too. So that makes it that much harder to shorten it.
0: True, true. I mean, I guess they'll continue to tinker with some stuff. Um, I know, do know when uh, the DH finally comes to the National League, that'll at least make it a little bit more exciting. Um I don't know. I mean, they just have some more work to do as far as making the game more interesting for the viewing fans. And, and viewing fans is not the not the fans who are just basically diehard fans, but just the fans who just, like, like myself, like I like baseball. I grew up watching it. I played a little bit. But it's just kind of like, uh, it's just not exciting. It just can't hold my attention with just so many things to do in the world right now. You know, I don't want to sit down and watch a nine-inning game, I'll, unless it's like a playoff game.
1: Yeah, unless it's my team, I'll watch it. Exactly. Uh, but I like the, Yeah, the one addition I do like is uh, putting the guy at second base for any extra inning game. At least that that's, you know, shorten the game. After the nine innings, they do go extra innings. Uh, the intentional walk is only one pitch. They go to first base. But they didn't even throw a pitch. They say, okay, intentional walk, they go to first base. Mm. Um, you know, and also the relief pitcher facing a minimum of three batters, so they don't switch a pitcher out every – but they still got a lot more work to do, and there's, I agree. You want to understand what they're going to do and how they can go about doing it. I'm not sure.
0: All right, we'll see about that. Want to talk a little NBA?
1: Sure, why not? I'm always ready for some NBA.
0: Now, I mentioned something earlier as far as the ratings being down from from about the NBA the last few years. Any particular reason why you think that's the case? Me personally, I don't necessarily like the style of play of the game anymore i just think it's just too uh, it's too much of an offensive game i grew up with a you know good tough hard-nosed defenses um more of an all-around kind of game ball movement uh teams playing within the system not necessarily iso ball 130 point games you know guys shooting 23 pointers in like a quarter you know that that to me is not basketball i mean it's just that's it's just one of those things where I do tend to watch it, obviously. Um, I'm, again, I'm not just as committed as I used to be, but I watch the playoffs. I watch the stars. But just the, the style of the play, it's just, just – just, I don't know how people can watch this and think this is fun or this is this is good.
1: Yeah, it depends on the team you're watching too. So uh, fortunately for me, I'm a Miami Heat fan, so I have a team that's exciting to watch, young players. And they play basketball the right way with team chemistry, um, you know, supporting each other, very unselfish play. Um, you know, the three-pointer uh, three was a big addition to basketball, and I couldn't even tell you when they started out way back then. Uh, you probably know better than I do. Um, but you missed the physicality of the game. Now the referees is too ticky-tacky on calls and things like that. That lengthened the game. Now they're doing the reviews too, uh, just like they do in the NFL. Um, I don't know if 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 some fans are turned off by the views. I know the viewership we all know the reason why it was down the last uh year, year and a half, you know, with the you know, all the political statements going out there one way or the other and some fans get turned off so forth. So but before that, um you know, it's uh I enjoy the game the way it I actually watch NBA more than I did in the past. So I'm on the other side of the spectrum than you are. You miss that old time basketball, you know, like the old time uh, pistons and the bulls and yeah, and so forth. And, um, but the one thing I don't like about today's game, it's all the ticky tacky, how the referees have gotten too much involved in the game. Uh,
0: yeah. That's another thing I think I didn't mention. Yeah. The, this is the style of, of the, uh, the way the games are ref. It's just like, it's just, it's, Yeah, it's just like let them play a little bit. Let them kind of bang a little bit down low. Let them, you know, just, it's just cheapy fouls. I don't like the flopping either. I I agree with you. That's, and don't get me wrong, like the players of this generation are probably easily some of the most talented ever. I'm not saying even, you know, outside of maybe a couple of guys, like, you know, the talent back then is better. The talent is clearly better now. I mean, guys can do stuff with, with, uh, with a basketball like I'd never even seen it in, in, in a game. And it's just like, it's just basically the way they go about, um, the, the just the way the the, the plays are drawn up now. I just don't see like a team, like you take a, a guy like Michael Jordan. I, there's been a few uh, incarnations of Jordan. You know, obviously he's a skinny kid who just basically was just a gunner. But also was very efficient. Also did, you know, if you look at a lot of his numbers, you know, like he had a respectable amount of assists and steals. But then uh, when Phil Jackson comes in and they install the, the triangle, he more or less still gets his points. But you could see he plays between he plays between the system especially in that last bulls run the one that they won 72 they went 72 and 10 i mean jordan by that point in time was in his mid to he's probably his mid 30s wasn't quite as athletic but you can see he's clearly he's passing he's moving and he still won the scoring title all three years i miss that kind of brand where you can play within the system instead of guys just going okay clear out it's uh, you know i'm just gonna basically just take a shot like i like james harden but I just I can't watch just the step-back threes, especially when he played in Houston. He's played a little... He, I like his game a little bit more now, now that he, now he's in Brooklyn. But when he was just... It was just an eyesore. I'm like, how how can people watch this stuff? I do enjoy watching yeah. Steph Curry. Um, I do enjoy watching... Uh, ben Simmons is a guy I enjoy watching just because of his defensive tenacity. And um, Zion is a guy I like. I mean, there's still a few guys who I enjoy watching, but I I don't know. It's just like... Uh, when I look at the number of three-point shots taken during the game, it's just kind of like this is – this is it's not even street ball.
1: I don't know what to call well, it. Well, the other thing, too, is that you, you mentioned the talent of the NBA today. It's obviously, you know, the guys are bigger, stronger, um, you know, more in shape because of the, uh, the you know, what they have in the facilities today of how they can make these players last longer. Uh, more stamina it, it, it's amazing the workout method they have today compared to back then so you had that but also you mentioned uh you know within the system, today I feel like there's more guys, it's all about me, me, me and not the team and they want to take over and they do their thing um, and so that's what I don't like, I like the team ball you know, play within the system in today's game. And there's not many teams that can do that. Actually, the more successful teams are the ones that are in the top of the leagues right now that can do that. that play that unselfish brand of basketball. So, um, but for me, I've actually enjoyed it more um, in that sense. Um, But, yeah, it's, we're looking at two different things and I think we're both right. in what we're saying is that we're looking at it at two different, uh, perspectives.
0: Do you think, um, some of the viewership being down is from a lot of the, uh, political things as well?
1: Oh, there's no question because of the political situation last year and a half. Um, the NBA lost many viewers. Well, uh,
0: actually, Brent, let me preface that. I know that that's what you were alluding to earlier when you said, you know, we all know the reason. I just kind of wanted to make sure, like, at least I get that, you know, just get the elephant out of the room. Basically, you think this is an issue. And the only
1: reason. Yeah, I, I mean, whether, up, whether, whether it's right or wrong, the, you're going to lose viewers to one side or the other when there's any political statements or ads or anything that's going to go on. On any arena, and whether it's football, basketball, baseball, um, if you're going to advertise that, you're going to lose a big chunk of the market, whether it is on one side or the other.
0: The, was the NFL ratings down last year? I know they didn't make they didn't um, you know emphasize it as much as the NBA does. The NBA will you know postpone games, basically, um, you know. Uh, you know, when, when unfortunately these things keep occurring. Um, but I don't know. What was the view, the viewership for the NFL? Was it down compared to the years before? Well, the
1: know. NV the NFL started losing their customer base uh, when it's the happening. whole college yeah. started. Yeah. The, uh, but, then but then it came back, yes,
0: it but then it came back. It was 2017, but then it came back a little bit last year. Or was it the 2019 um, with everything that transpired in uh, last spring,
1: and then the I think it's getting better. I think it's getting better now. Okay, um, I, I I I I honestly believe that Roger Goodell, the commissioner, has handled it better than any professional commissioner in the league in any league the last two years. Uh, because he's, he's been walking a fine line. The way they did the draft last year, um, the way the players the union and the owners were working with the CBA and everything. Uh, He's actually done a pretty good job. Because you have to remember, the NFL was his, uh, between the rock and a hard place on uh, some of those situations. I think they, instead of putting a major stance on one side or the other, they allowed both sides to work together and, and trying to be staying the number one brand in, in our country.
0: Do you think there's anything the NBA can do? I know Adam Silver is a very player friendly commish, uh, in in the sense that I think it kind of hurts him a lot more than it helps him that the fact that he is basically always gonna be about his players. Um, is there anything that the NBA can do as far as um, you know, retaining some of those fan base that fan base again as far as this or do you just think They just drive the political angle a little bit too much for certain people's liking.
1: Oh, that's absolutely correct. And uh, they start going, you know, just start playing their games, go back to normal, and then slowly but surely get that fan base back. They just need to take a step back and some of their statement and really concentrate on their uh, league and not worry about the outside on things that they can't control. You know, cause I know that uh, players will make a stance. And, they, you know, they have a right to make their stance, you know, one way or the other. Uh, but it's how they go about and make a statement when those things happen.
0: Okay. So the playoffs are coming up. Um, my New York Knicks are finally back in it. It's after it's been eight long years since the last time they made it to the playoffs. So I'm happy. And they look actually look like they can not necessarily contend, but, at least make a surprise run, kind of like the Miami Heat did last year. How are the Heat playing this year?
1: Well the Heat are right now three games uh over five hundred. They are in the the Knicks are in the fourth spot. Mm-hmm. Uh the Heat are in the seventh spot. or so they're in that uh they're in that spot in the playing uh spot right now in the uh, Eastern Conference. Um they're playing well but they're they're very inconsistent right now. Uh, they're trying to figure it out. The players realize it. Uh, Butler said it. They're playing too soft. They're, they're playing well, but there's some games where the defense is not there. If they get that together, they're going to be just fine. Um, I believe they play uh, – I, I can't remember when they're playing next. So, uh, but, uh, but they're in the seventh spot right now. And I don't know if you understand how the play-in uh, – games work in the NBA I'll be more than happy to explain it to you if you don't understand how that works
0: um I think I saw a little bit of it last year as far as that I just want to primarily just kind of gloat about my New York Knicks they're the hottest team in the league right now no the Knicks are great what nine to zero now now. yeah that's you know when they won that game I was watching it um against Atlanta last Wednesday I was kind of like okay this is a real team I mean, they're playing some amazing brand. I, I think they can make a good run. But um, as far as the playing game, I, don't, I know there's one particular team I know that looks like they're in a bit of trouble. It's just Portland. Explain that just to our audience, just in case they're not aware of it.
1: Okay, well, to, to give you an explanation of how it works, the top six teams who finish the regular season in the top six spots are your top six seeds in the playoffs. And just say the Eastern Conference or either conference. Okay, 7 through 10. If you finish 7 through 10, you are in the play-in-game scenario, which means the 7th spot would play the number 18, okay, in one game. Whoever wins that 7-8 spot will clinch the number 7 seed in the playoffs. Then you have the other play-in game, number 9 against number 10. Whoever loses that game is automatically eliminated. So that leaves two teams left. The loser of that 7-8 matchup going against the winner of the 9-10 matchup, and the winner of that game will get the eighth and final spot of the playoffs. Does that make sense?
0: It does. Just wanted to, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it, it works in a, in a sense where it could give a team – an opportunity to at least get into the playoffs. But um,
1: it's good damn bad. It's good for that ninth and tenth team who would exactly. otherwise never be in the playoffs. Right, right. It's bad for that seventh and eighth team, like, wait a minute, we gotta win to just to be in a playoff series. Even though
0: we've probably done enough to stay to earn our a playoff trip. Correct. Yeah. It's 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 one of those double edged it's like a double-edged sword, but it does make it exciting. I mean, that's kind of what we're – that's what we want. It's, it's, it's changing it up a little bit. So uh,
1: Imagine – imagine right now, right now, the Miami Heat are seventh spot. You never know. Imagine the Lakers. The Lakers are number five spot, and they are two and a half games ahead or three games ahead of Portland number seven, I believe. But LeBron, there's a rumor LeBron may be back within a week. So, But they're teetering on – can you imagine the Lakers being in a play-in game? They lose that one game just because the other team shoots lights out or whatever. It would be just – the NBA would hate it for TV revenue and the whole bit.
0: I don't think that will happen, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, Anthony Davis just came back. Like you mentioned, LeBron's on the verge of coming back. I think they'll be all right. I think they'll hold on. They'll kind of finish up strong. And They you know. should be, yeah. But, uh, okay, let's uh, let's talk about a potential NBA Finals matchup. Um I personally, I like the Lakers and the Nets. Nothing new. I mean, it's kind of like it's when everybody gets back to being healthy. I know Harden's probably going to miss the rest of the regular season. Durant just came back. I don't know. Brooklyn's situation is a bit dicey. I mean, it's it's just weird how they barely all three played with each other. But when they do, they can play with each other. It's it's one of those things where a certain guy will step up when another guy is out, and this and the other. I mean, they're very they're a compelling team. I like I enjoy. Not necessarily their style of play, but just kind of like the mixture that they have. Of like, they have these three ball dominant guys. Although Harden has shown that he can be um, somebody who who can you know just find find guys open. And yeah, I think we think of James Harden as a gunner, but he's actually a very good playmaker. He's a very underrated playmaker. Um, and then you have Durant again. He came back. He came off the bench yesterday. Scored thirty three points. I don't know if, against a, against a Phoenix Suns team like a really, really, really good team that can make a run. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. Like, they don't play any defense. That game's going to slow down in the playoffs. We all know this. Is that going oh, to hurt them at the end, especially against a team like Philadelphia, who's a great defensive team?
1: Um, possibly. And uh, the, the other question, is, can all three stay in the court at the same time. So they they rarely play all together, like you said. And uh, there's no question they can play great offensive basketball. Uh, we have to wait and see uh, if the games will slow down in the playoffs, in my opinion, like you said, uh, because there's more strategy going on, there's more coaching going on, there's more substitutions going on. So, but I agree with you. I mean, I, Brooklyn has to be the favorite out of the East and the Lakers out of out of the West. Uh, but there's two or three other teams there that you know, don't sleep on. What
0: about the Lakers? Uh, both guys, well, Anthony Davis, as I mentioned, just came back. LeBron, who knows how rusty he's going to be after missing? I think it's almost been a month now. Um, about to go into playoff mode, uh, they easily have the best team in the West when both those guys are healthy. I, at least in my opinion, uh, people are like dark horse, you know, they, the Clippers with Rondo, and uh, you know, maybe uh, Phoenix Suns. But I, obviously, those are two of the top five or six players in the game. I think when both healthy, both motivated and focused, um, it's I think they'll they'll kind of take the West easily. no well not easily. I shouldn't say easily, but they'll take the West
1: convincingly.
0: And um any opinions on that who you think comes out of the West?
1: I I agree with you, Reggie. If they're if they are one hundred percent healthy and LeBron and A D are there, uh they're they're very, very hard to beat and they would have to be the favorite. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if they get to the Western Conference Final. Uh, you got a Utah team that comes, you know, to playing great basketball together, or a Phoenix team. But in a seven-game series, I still have to give the odds to the Lakers.
0: So, so you like the, the Lakers to repeat?
1: Yes. Well, not. I said to, to get to the final. Oh, okay. To get um, to the I win. I, I'm not sure who's going to win the whole thing yet.
0: Okay. Yeah, we'll have to wait a couple of weeks for that just at least even yeah. identify who But through last like the finals I expect them to get there. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, I don't know, do you are you a UFC fan?
1: Well, I've seen blips of it here and there. I'm not a diehard fan like a lot of people and you can't it's hard to miss it when it's all over ESPN every week. So, uh it's gotten really popular. Um but I am familiar with the 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 fight the other night. Uh, that Masvidal was
0: knocked out. Yeah, I was only interested in. it. I'm not the biggest UFC fan. I've, I'm starting to come around to it a little bit, but I was able to watch the fight. Um, uh, Masvidal, obviously being a Miami guy, so I took a unique interest in that. He's a he's a he's a pretty um, interesting character, personality wise. So I was kind of like, okay, and it, it was actually pretty. It was pretty. It was pretty exciting. I, I found myself like, like, wow, you know, UFC's. At least in my mind, officially replaced boxing is like as far as c- combat sport is my favorite. I don't know if that day would ever come, but it has. It's very exciting. The cards were good outside of the the one guy snapping his leg. That was just very unfortunate.
1: Well, I'm very fortunate. I have not seen that video yeah. yet, so <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I heard, I heard about it. I heard it really bad. It was not a pretty thing to see. Yeah. So I have no rush to go out and look at the video at no, this point, unless you're not the TV. But
0: UFC does a good job of putting entertaining cards together. Um, you get your money's worth for each of the fights. That's the one thing I've noticed since probably watching it more with the, with the keen interest over the last year, year and a half. I realize that a lot of their fights on their fight cards are really, really entertaining. So I... Yeah, I give Dana White credit. He's just he's built an empire, and it's it's definitely the overthrown boxing is you know the the more of the interesting you know combat sports. So I don't know.
1: Well, he's done a wonderful job of actually, uh, you know, getting ESPN to jump aboard and then you know showcase and uh, you know advertise everything they're doing at UFC, and that's huge. That's huge marketing for for fans like us. Like I'm, I'm with you, Ed. Yeah, I'm just. I'm just starting to come around a little bit. I see bits and pieces here and there. Uh, I, I have friends at the bar, you know, as where I go down here. That, you know, they have their, you know, get-togethers on Saturday nights and watch just UFC.
0: Yeah, and it seems like it's like every every other week or every three weeks that a big cards coming out. So it's not it's not one of those things that you have to wait a long time for, you know. Like a, especially a, an interesting matchups. I mean, some of the matchups are bigger than others, but an interesting matchup would be like, okay, yeah, I've heard of this guy. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a pretty good. No matter the divisions, it seems like they just they put out more, you know, events like more so than even boxing in its
1: heyday would do. Right. Which is well, right. I agree. Yeah, I I agree. So uh, maybe that's the maybe that'll be a that we'll be talking about more in a few months to come and if we, you and I get more involved in watching and see what's going on um, I definitely have a couple of people down here that like to talk about it with me so who knows
0: Alright, you ready for the draft?
1: You're telling me man, I've been waiting for this thing for months now Are especially you... the way this thing is, is building up right now
0: You're going to be in Tampa for the, for the uh, first round, right?
1: No, I will not actually I'm going to be driving back to Miami, and we're going to have our nice draft party uh, at our normal location down there at uh, Thursday night. Okay, okay. So So I'll be be driving back Thursday.
0: Okay, so we'll definitely be texting each other about certain picks and whatnot. So that's going to be very interesting. It's usually one of the fun times of the year. You know, um, I'm
1: disappointed that you're not going to make a trip down there. What's well, happening with it? Well, the
0: thing is, I just got my first vaccination shot. I don't want to travel until I'm fully vaccinated.
1: Um, so okay, be, okay, that makes sense. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. So I, I well, I'll have, let you. I'll let you off the hook, then. I get my second vaccination shot on Sunday, so there you go. Uh, so yeah, I get my, mine. is
0: May 17th, so you know it's kind of like but I still have can. to wait a few. So once I'm once I'm good with that, then you know I'll make sure I take a big, big, long trip to Miami and see everybody. So we'll,
1: we'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. 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 All right. So that's our uh, episode four in the books. Unless I missed something that you want to talk about, brother. Um,
1: I, I think we're good. man. I cannot I wait. Feel, I feel really good today.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did too. I can't wait till the NFL draft. Thursday cannot come quick enough. Um, I, we will be doing episode five of the sports exchange podcast, uh, probably sometime Friday. So uh, we'll obviously do a breakdown of the first round. We'll basically, hopefully there'll be a lot of juicy content to talk about as far as trades, as far as surprise picks, as far as guys falling. <laughs> Something that we can just kind of, and I think it will. I, I don't think we'll be disappointed in that aspect. It's definitely going to be the most exciting first round. Um, I think I'll go on record. It's probably going to be the most exciting. It's going to be the most interesting first round ever.
1: I completely agree with you, Reggie. So it's going to be a lot of uh, activity going on. Teams will be trading up. Teams will be trading down. We'll have teams, I believe, in the second round trying to trade into the first round for guys that are falling in the latter part of that first round. So it's going to be
0: very... Imagine five quarterbacks going in the top 10.
1: did Did somebody predict that? Yeah, that would be crazy.
0: That'd be insane. Imagine five quarterbacks in like, what, three wide receivers or two wide receivers, a tight end, and an, that's, a, that's just insane. Like, no defensive guy goes in the first round. I can't remember the last time that ever happened.
1: Well, it's, a, it's an offensive league now, so uh, that's why teams are building their offense now, and uh, the defense right now are taking a step back, but it's not a good year for... Uh, you would always have that dominant edge rusher coming out. They would automatically be a top five pick, but yeah. we just don't have it. We have good edge rushers. We're not Uh, Really good to be in the top five or ten at this point compared to the offensive talent coming out. All
0: right. All right. With that being said, we will be watching that, and obviously we will be talking again on Friday when the Sports Exchange Podcast Episode 5 will be out. Uh, Check us out on Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. All right. (laughs) Brother, I will talk to you really soon. You have yourself a safe week, and... See you for episode five.
1: All right. You have a great one, Red. You look forward to it.
0: All right. This is Reggie Bobin signing off. And we're out.